Welcome to the Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Show. Your host, Carol Dixon Carr, is an educator of and a participant in many eclectic subjects, and she loves it that way. Each week, she'll bring you episodes and stories on how you can navigate those multiple passions while managing your mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional energy in your life as a whole. So here's Carol. Hi, guys. I thought I'd pop in for a solo show and then bring back a guest episode next week. So, every now and then, the limbic system does a big number on me when status quo, put that in quote, status quo me has a series of changes going on, even when the change is good. In episode four, I talked about the limbic system and how it can mess with your psyche sometimes. So, Today's topic is on how we can get derailed from our bigger goals if we are not mindful or careful. And there are a number, a countless number of things that can derail us, but I wanted to keep this particular episode relatively short. So I'll talk about three things. And those three things are one, lack of closure, two, open loops, and three, overcommitment. So if you're anything like me, you like closure. And I think about the Myers-Briggs, 16 types, different types. Some people believe in that. Some people think it's hogwash. I don't care. I like it. (laughs) No worries either way. Because on here you take, you eat the hay and you leave the sticks. But anyway, I am an ENTJ, extroverted intuitive thinking, judging preference. And the J is pretty strong. And we J types, we love our closure. We need it. I've been in conversation with a loved one about a relationship issue, and she's definitely a woman who loves her closure. And in advising her, I told her that all she can do is control how she responds to the other person's behavior. Even if the other person's behavior is passive or dismissive, or if she's like completely ignored, that's an answer too. And so you might get your answer in a way that you don't expect. But it's often hard to let go if you don't have these definitive answers that you can hear out loud. But for your sanity, you might just, if you don't get those answers, you might just have to make up a best case scenario and keep it moving for your sanity. So that's one way to get derailed if you feel like there are a lot of things that you need closure on and you don't have it. But if 2020 taught us anything, we really need to only aim for controlling the controllables. That's it. And that was a hard one for me to swallow because I am a control freak. Not as much anymore. So 2020 did give me a gift in that way. So, and really, even if you're not a J type, most people prefer closure. Most people. And, but I do envy those types who relish living with the question. I remember my first coach says, Carol, sometimes you just need to live with the question. Just sit with that. Whew. Uh, hmm. Well, <laughs> still working on that. My first coach, she was, yeah, she, I hired her back in 2004. But yeah, those t- types who live with the questions are like, ah, I don't need to have closure. I'm good. I'm present 100% of the time. <laughs> I tried that persona on doesn't fit. Sometimes it does, but I really have had to been, you know, I had had to have come from a vacation where I went, even though I am extroverted, I usually have had to have had a lot of alone time outside of my usual environment for that to work. And I don't get those opportunities, but maybe three times a year. 
which I'm grateful for. But yeah, I really do like the closure. So that's one of the things that can really derail you if you are having some challenges, especially when you are having challenges with clarity, brain fog, or just getting things done. And you're really focusing just on that to-do list associated with it. Sometimes you just need to get out of your usual environment and maybe the closure will come or at least press the pause button on it and, like I said, make up a scenario that sounds awesome. Because, you know, worry and excitement, they're kind of the side, you know, two sides of the same coin. So let's just think excited thoughts. Either one could be true or false, but it's better if we're going to speculate, speculate for the best case scenario. So closure. The next one is this notion of open loops, which I'm sitting in right about now. I have a lot of open loops, or it feels like I do, even though my task list says, yeah, things will get done on time. But it's just a lot. March, the first week of March felt like a month. (laughs) Sometimes it could just really be hard. I'm in the midst of trying to learn new choreography for a new new choreography for a new format I did an initial training for last week. I do need to get my strength training game back up to par because this pandemic, I'm just softer than I'd really like to be. Still strong, though. But anyway, I figured this could give me some incentive and also serve members ultimately after all of this is over. It's pretty rigorous. But there is relief that I did pass the initial training after sending in my post-training video for that first track. Or track is the back track. But for the entire 55-minute class, I have to video that too. That's the And the assessors really want excellence. Well, of course they're going to want excellence. They probably want it close to perfection. I'm nowhere near there yet because I just had the training this past weekend. But I have until May 10th to get it together. <laughs> and it's today, as I'm recording, it is March 12th. And this will drop tomorrow on Saturday which we can say is today when you're listening to it. But it feels like a lot, especially for a multi-passionate person who juggles the balls, all the balls, and spins all the plates every day. But I decided that I would treat this process of uh, getting certified in body pump as if I were were preparing for a show, because I used to be a musical theater rat, So what I thought I would do, script my coaching. I'm going to learn my lines, the coaching, the cueing, all of that, and the choreography for all the 10 tracks with good technique, with all that I have. I'm no longer a perfectionist, but because, you know, in my 20s I was, but being a perfectionist will slow you down, so you would never really finish anything. But I always strive for excellence. I always want to at least be an A student, if not an A, if not an A plus student, at least an A student. So, I after I got that plan out, I said, "All right, this open loop will close." I just needed to put a strategy out there. So, there's that that piece. But then there's the fact that I also got a gig. I found out about this back in December, but it was a rigorous process. It took from September to December to go through the vetting process. And this actually starts in the fall, but it's so perfectly suited to who I am and the whole serendipity of how I came to be. That's a whole nother episode. I'm super excited about it, especially given the process I went through to be chosen. But today we had a two hour 
onboarding meeting. It's the first of, few, of a few, and I found myself thinking, whoa, there is a lot more to this gig than I thought. I can do it, though. But I, I really definitely have a lot of reading to do because I always want to strive for excellence. It's a lot of reading, though. <laughs> and then, of course, a lot of application, too. And, of course, I'll be mentored, and it's all good, and I know I'll get there. But in the moment, I'm like, ooh, this is a lot. And I hadn't recorded the podcast episode yet either because I always like to do at least a couple of interviews, but then throw a little of Carol all by herself in there too. So I'm like, instead of editing the interviews, I think I'll just do a solo show. And then there's also the idea, somebody sent me, they were doing an article on all the people who are doing this new role. I need to answer those questions as well. So I told him like, hey, can I get it to you this weekend? She's like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I'm like, oh, great. Because if she had said no, I would have worked on that tonight and got it, gotten it to her. But now I have some breathing room. Whew. And I've also built in some extra self-care for me and, and my students at the university so we can start anew in a more creative and productive way afterwards. Texas has been through a lot. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Aside from about a month ago, we were dealing with some crazy weather and some crazy power grid issues, but we're all good to go now. But there are some last, there can be some lasting effects around that. And I know that my students weren't, not all of my students were exempt from a lot of trauma around that. But I digress a bit. I was talking about open loops. Can you think of some open loops in your life that you'd like to close and breathe a sigh of relief? And maybe think of a strategy to get that going for you. But in, if you don't have a strategy right now, how about you just, with me, inhale right now. Even if you're feeling awesome, breathing is highly underrated. So let's do this. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. Yes, that's much better. Yes, yes, much better. Okay, and then the third thing I wanted to talk about was this notion of really overcommitting yourself. And these days, these years really, I'm pretty good about those boundaries nowadays. But every now and then, and it was fairly recent, this past September it happened, it happened this past summer too, I won't get into those details. I did get it all done, but I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I done? And I had to get some energy work done on me from a practitioner to just calm my mind, and then I... I then I was able to bend time and expand time. Another episode, of course. I like to talk about productivity and time stuff. But yeah, I was super concerned about the prospect of not being able to make those deadlines. And sometimes it's because your calendar is already pretty full, but then somebody presents an opportunity that is hard to say no to because you know in the long run it will likely benefit you and the dividends will pay off, you know, many-fold. And sometimes that foolish calendar is not the issue. Sometimes bad news is the issue. And if you're an empath, and I know all about that, if you're an empath and hear enough of it, especially from those you care about experiencing it, it can sometimes paralyze you because you're feeling what they're feeling. And sometimes it can take you off your own path because there's a certain level of guilt that things are going well for you. But you want to support the people going through what they're going through rather than adhere to the schedule that you know you need to adhere to. And this is partially why, especially since the pandemic hit, that I'm a bit more flexible 
with deadlines for my students at the university. And I'm only really flexible if they are in communication with me about what's going on because I hate when students are late with assignments. I have like 180 of them. So it's super inconvenient for me when I get a lot of late assignments. I'm on it, you know, and I do build in some uh, cushion and I do have a greater praise the Lord for that. But yeah, when people are late with things, it does affect other people often. But even if you're going through the happy kind of overcommitment, sometimes it's just better to quietly celebrate those opportunities that you're that are going on in your life. But definitely celebrate those opportunities some kind of way, even if you're quiet about it. You don't have to shout it from the rooftops because it might feel a bit tone deaf if you actually have any kind of emotional intelligence. Some things you just want to celebrate the wins with the people you know will celebrate the wins with you because we all deserve the wins. All of us do. One more time for the people in the back. All of us deserve the wins. But when we're in that feeling of being overcommitted, Sometimes the tasks feel insurmountable because in reality, they actually are probably completely doable and sometimes completely doable ahead of schedule. So, you know, I, the limbic system can be a tricky little dude, dudette. <laughs> this is where I invite you again, just to pause, breathe, inhale, or even distract yourself with something fun. Pattern interrupts are just awesome. So interrupt yourself with something fun, you really want to interrupt that stress pattern. So for example, I tend to just break into song and dance. And if my daughter's there to witness and often judge me, I just get even sillier. (laughs) Even if it makes her Snapchat story, I don't care. When I was younger, I used to care about what people thought about my goofiness, but no more, no more. I'm a goofball. And I will be a goofball until I die. But anyway, why do some of us tend to overcommit? Well, the first reason is generally because, generally speaking, we want to be of service, right? We want to be a helper. And that's an altruistic reason, right? Well, I should ask, does that resonate with you? Because maybe it, maybe it doesn't. But for the most part, we tend to want to be a helper, you know, like Mr. Rogers. Another reason some people overcommit is because they might be unconsciously wanting to meet a need on my, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Maslow's pyramid. So you might commit to things thinking, yeah, I can do this. And it might satisfy, say, this sense of belonging. Because it's always nice to be asked to do things right. And I know some people who like to be asked, even though they are like totally incompetent to do the task. But And if they're not asked, they get upset. But <laughs> the reason why they're not asked is because they're incompetent. But it's always nice to be asked, even so. Now, the things that people ask of me, even if I am competent to do it and don't have the time, I, I will say so. And if I know I am not competent to do it, I will absolutely tell the truth about that. But even so. It's really an honor to be asked. So you sometimes feel bad if you have to say no, but it's good. It's really a good idea to take stock of everything that you've got going on in the world, like really the world at large, and in your private community and your own private world before you make that commitment. 
sometimes that does apply to me. Also, another thing I think is the fact that, at least for me, I have underestimated the time it would take to do new things, new things usually, tasks that I didn't anticipate taking up as much mental bandwidth as they would. I remember doing a 21-day Facebook Live challenge last summer. Yikes. I Because I committed to do that. And this is, whoa, this is taking up a lot of bandwidth. And that can get, at least me, it gets me feeling some type of way. Imposter syndrome pops in. There's a lot of things where that negative self-talk just comes back when you think you've handled it. Every time you up-level, sometimes these things that you think you've handled will just come back and teach you another lesson. And we think we can't do the thing because of all these unanticipated mental bandwidth that needs to go into doing the task. That limbic system, boy, that can, whew. I tell you, that's why I talk about that a lot. The, the prefrontal cortex is a better driver. And I talk about that a lot because we can get fearful about those big goals, right? But I still think when we have these deadlines, it's okay to negotiate a new one as long as it does not adversely affect other people. That's key. Because if you're in a leadership role, you don't want to be the bottleneck, right? You want to make sure that you delegate what you can and stay in communication at all times with the people that you are accountable to. So if you can relate to any of that, whether it's wanting to have closure if you want, or if you want to if you want to close some open loops or if you feel at some point you've overcommitted because you want some sense of belonging or maybe you want to just serve or maybe you just underestimated how long it was going to take to do a thing. Raise your hand, even though I can't see you, although you could talk about it in the Facebook group if you decide to join. We are small but mighty, and I would love that conversation to keep going. But yeah, it's nice to know that you can give yourself some leeway as long as it does not hurt anybody else. As I said, you don't want to be the bottleneck, especially if you're in a leadership role, because Nolan Bushnell said that the ultimate inspiration is the deadline, especially if you're accountable to other people. But please forgive yourself if it doesn't always happen in the time frame that you expected. I suspect that you guys are the types who learn from these events, and learning opportunities, if applied, can be so awesome, right? So, that's it for today, a shorter episode. Hey, you can get on about your day pretty soon. But next week will definitely be longer. I still have to edit it. But yeah, it's off the beaten path, but so cool and juicy. I felt it was really necessary to bring Alicia Myronic on the show to talk about her journey. So get ready for some spiritual food from her perspective and serendipitous moments as we talk about this cool concept called Myrony for next week's episode. Until then, I hope you have a fabulous weekend and continue to enjoy your journey. Stay present healthy and safe. Mwah! All right. And I say great weekend because that's when this will be published, but just have a great day whenever you're listening to it. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life with Carol Dixon Carr. If you'd like to continue the conversation on these topics, head on over to the free Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes along with other resources. And if any of Carol's words resonate with you, Feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Until next time, 